Hi, welcome to Promo Insiders, a podcast that covers the issues that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm Chris Ruvo for ASI, and today we have the exciting opportunity to get insights directly from one of the most influential, powerful, and successful people in promo. I'm talking about Mark Simon, CEO of Halo Branded Solutions, the industry's largest distributor. Mark is a former Counselor Person of the Year and is in the top five of ASI's Power 50, a ranking of the most influential people in the industry. Leading a near billion dollar company, Mark has a truly unique perspective on promo, where the industry is and where it's headed. We'll be getting his take today on everything from how Halo is performing to how the industry will fare in the short term amid potential recession pressures to how the industry will evolve in the years ahead. Mark, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me. My great pleasure. Thank you, Chris. All right. So let's jump into this first question here. Um, how has 2022 gone so far for Halo? Has it been a good year? Are you seeing a sales increase? Uh, yes. Uh, in fact, it, it has been an excellent year. Uh, our, our growth has been uh, pretty significant, pretty dramatic, uh, and uh, we're enjoying our best year ever. Best year. Wow. Okay. Um, so best year ever, what's driving that performance? Well, a, a, a whole lot of things. Uh, for for one thing, uh, there has been a, um, uh, a return to sales meetings and uh, trade shows and other get togethers uh, that are uh, bringing people from so many businesses uh, together. Uh, that has impacted uh, everybody throughout the industry. Uh, we've had, uh, we're in areas where we've just seen a lot of growth, uh, industry wise, geography wise, uh, and, uh, uh, one of the things pushing that as well has been that we offer, uh, services, uh, solutions that are aimed at helping employee employers, uh, attract and retain their employees. So. In addition to promotional products, we're doing a series of employee recognition and rewards. We do uniform programs. They all tie together in terms of uh, the employer uh, being most successful at retaining their employees. And in this market, of course, that is uh, vitally important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely paramount. We we all see the numbers about um, you know how how tight hiring has been. The gap between you know the number of open positions and and actual people who are willing to go out there and work. So it is a competitive market um, uh, for, for for retention and for hiring. And if you can provide that suite of solutions, I imagine that's going to be um, a nice spot to be in with your clients. Uh, yes, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. We're also seeing you know things like entertainment come back, uh, and uh, we do a fair amount of work in the entertainment industry. Uh, so, you know, we're comparing our results in 2022 to date to the results in 2021. And don't forget, it was it was pretty dry those first three, four months of 2021. Uh, uh, the uh, in-person events, uh, the crowds for sporting events, uh, movies, whatever it was, it just wasn't what it is today, amusement parks and so forth. Yeah, so it's it sounds like it's a lot of hey demand has bounced back, but you you but Halo has been able to to capitalize on that and to 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 really make the most of what's what's out there. Now you started to mention you know entertainment, so that's 
that's a market. Um, and that, that's actually my next question. Are, are there are there particular types of clients, types of markets where you're having particular success, where it seems to really just be gangbusters in, in terms of sales? Well, it's really, it's the return of those industries back to where they were. And what is really most remarkable is we, we have we have very, very resourceful, creative account executives. And we had some who just, they're, they got buried by one client where they were so busy with this one booming large client, they couldn't service much else. And uh, so they had a lot of eggs in one basket. And as they say, you live by the jump shot, you die by the jump yeah. shot. <laughs> and uh, you know when amusement parks closed down, uh, when sporting events uh, uh, became virtual, uh, you know, with no no live audience, and on and on and on, uh, we had some very resourceful people who went out and then got other clients, and they built up other businesses, and then you have all this come roaring back. And as it comes roaring back, they're busy as could be servicing the new things that uh, they've developed over the last year or two, and also getting back to business with their longstanding, highly, highly valued uh, accounts. So it's been all of that uh, at the same time. That's interesting. So it's it's not so much a per particular um, type of client or market. It's really cross market where you're seeing demand because there's just there's just been a, a resurgence following what we hope is was the worst of the pandemic and then it's it's been the resourcefulness of of, of account executives who've been able to who are able to identify opportunities in in difficult times start to build them up and then still be in a good position to capitalize on all the rest of it when once it came back so it's that that kind of combination of factors that's leading to this what what is as you say the best year ever for halo yeah, it's all of that, and then the additional capabilities that we have developed over the last five years that put us in a position to address every phase of uh, employee acquisition and retention. Okay, and when and when you refer to that, you're referring to some of the um, some of the acquisitions like. Um, uh, acquiring Michael Fina, the incentives company out of New York, and then the the, the uniform business is is well, kind of bringing all that together. Is that is that what you're referencing there? Uh, those are the kinds of things I'm talking about. So, like for what used to be the Michael C. Fina company, which was an institution in in New York City, mm -hmm. uh, uh, we acquired the business. The, the the best assets we got, it turned out, were Jeff Fina and Mike Fina. Mm -hmm. uh, two brothers who who are just dynamic as could be, but what they an example they what they have is for a, a very large retailer with stores all over the country. They provide incentives to their employees if they would sell a particular item, and then if you sold that item, you can get a lot more in the way of incentives if you sell the add-ons to those items. So they would pick up points. Those employees, we would track the points, and then they would have uh, uh, catalogs that they could turn to online catalogs for re rewards. And we provide the rewards and incentives. And it's in it's in retail, it's in automotive, uh, it's in healthcare, quite heavily in healthcare. So it's, it's all uh, all over the field. And then we're for those some of those same accounts, we found that they they wanted one source. They wanted to be able to provide the employee recognition and rewards, 
from the same places that they were buying the typical promotional products and the uniforms and uniforms more broadly company apparel uh, it may be uniformish it may not be uh, and uh, uh, the the yeah, we we had a couple of acquisitions in particular that were very focused on adding these solutions with the idea that we'll sell some promo to their accounts and we'll sell a whole lot of uh, employee recognition rewards and uniforms to our other accounts. So long-winded answer, I'm sorry. No, not at all. It's, it's, I fear what you're saying though, it's having that, to be able to provide that comprehensive solution, kind of all those different facets, traditional promo, uniform, incentive programs, being able to provide all that, that's bringing that, all that revenue and all that need from clients, it's it's bringing it to Halo. So it explains why you're having a good year. <laughs> but let me ask but, you. But, but let me go further. I think I think most of the industry is having a good year. If you're not having a good year comparative to last year, this year, you, you might be in the wrong business or yeah. you're not working very hard. <laughs> we're seeing we're seeing a lot of people doing yeah. well, yeah. and and we congratulate all of them. All right, very very good. So so given given you saying that this this maybe this is going to sound like an odd question, but um, there has been a lot of um, there's been talk of recession uh, uh, lately. There's definitely been you know be, between inflation and um, a whole variety of other factors. Certainly some economic headwinds. Um, even with demand still being strong, have you experienced any lessening in demand as of late as a result of maybe some of these? perceived or actual downturn in the economy? We haven't yet, but I, I, I emphasize the word yet. We're watching it closely. <laughs> it seems like um, we're in a very unusual economic time. On the one hand, you have uh, inflation so very high, and it you know whenever somebody happens to watch a recording of this video, it, it may be out of, out of date. Uh, not only is today Wednesday, July 13th, that we're doing it, but we're doing it at uh, a little bit after 3 p.m. Eastern time. Things move that quickly where yes. I, I say something that may be uh, obsolete uh, right away, but inflation this morning came in at 9.1%. So you know, one thing you, you say, oh my God, so high. The stock market has been relatively flat today. Mm -hmm. uh, the yield curve uh, mm -hmm. on, on uh, uh, government bonds has inverted. So that sounds like gobbledygook to a lot of people. But mm -hmm. what it really means is that if you loan the government money for two years, you can get a higher interest rate for the from the government than you could today if you loan the gov government money for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And that's called uh, an inversion of the yield that you can get on, on those uh, government bonds. And uh, generally, that's a, a sign of a recession about to happen. Mm -hmm. And say about to, it could be six months off. Uh, but over the course of the next few few months, there figures to be a recession, be, which is highlighted. And mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the canary in the coal mine is the inversion of the yield curve. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's happening because the uh, uh, the Fed is indicated that uh, it's more important to protect against inflation right now than it is to protect uh, the unemployment rate. 
unemployment rate, 3.6%, about as low as could be. Wages keep going up. Uh, costs are, are, are going up. Uh, so uh, they're they're jumping on the uh, uh, on the inflation and uh, raising interest rates. Uh, interest rates went up uh, three quarters of a percent yeah. last month. Yep. Talk is that it, it'll go up another three quarters of a percent this month, and they're trying to tamp down demand. It seems to me that the issue, uh, while there's while demand is robust, there's no doubt. It's as much a supply chain, uh, mm. it's supply supply side uh, side, because uh, we're not able to keep up with the demand because of imbalances that were created during the pandemic. So, for example, uh, Heathrow Airport announced we're only going to permit X number of passengers to come through the airport. Uh, why? Because they can't get enough employees to work in in every aspect of the airline industry. We see it in the US as well. We see it in so many businesses in the US. Then you see you, you can't get enough chips. Uh, mm -hmm. Chips are used for a myriad of products. But one thing that really stands out is automobiles. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now it's harder to get automobiles. Price of automobiles goes up. So a lot of it is supply chain. And the demand for employees remains great. Uh, everybody's. We say that we're finally back at a point where we're employing as many people as we did immediate, immediately pre-pandemic. Uh, you say, well, great, so we're there, but we're not because every year our population is growing, our needs are growing. We need more people in the uh, uh, in the stream of commerce. And questions: Where are those people? Why can't we get them back in? A lot of people change their lifestyle. You also see uh, the uh, dollar going up in value, yeah. and the dollar is compared to we're the We're almost euro. on par with the euro now from what, from what yeah. I was reading today. Yeah, yeah. so we're up 15 20% over where we were just a few months ago, mm -hmm. and as much as 40% up uh, compared to the euro of where we were a couple of years ago. And uh, so why is that happening? We're up against the ch uh, Chinese yen, uh, yen, yen as well. And uh, the reason we're up is because our economy is doing better than the others. We're the safe haven, and that's good. It's also good for our suppliers bringing product in. We don't want them uh, overstretched uh, you know, on costs of bringing the product in from these other markets, strong dollar helps us on imports, hurts us on exports, mm -hmm. but so much of what we're doing. We're is, an import industry. So, yeah. We're an import, not an export industry yeah. here. So that's good for us. So we've got yeah. a lot of things that are countervailing in terms of the impact. So are we going to have a, a, a recession? Most likely, yes. The Fed is going to force it. How steep will it be? Maybe not too steep. And Nothing like that, we don't think. Nothing like what we had in 2008, 2009. Mm -hmm. And impact on our industry, maybe not too bad because so much of our industry is is servicing the employees of our of our of the businesses we do work for. And they're still dying for people. You know, yeah. they so long answer, but uh, no, uh, I, 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 that's I what, think it's that's what's it, coming.
it's a great explanation. And I, I was going to ask you, and you anticipated the question is, given some of what's happening, you know, more broadly in the economy, how do you think promos going to fare, say, over the last half, this last half of the year and into 2023? And it sounds like you don't have a lot of anxiety about it. It's It sounds like because of the reasons you just mentioned that that not that I don't know if any industry is recession proof, but maybe given the di the dynamics that are at play, as you just outlined them, um, that we're not in a bad position right right now. And then and then just to add to what you said, you know, with the fact that we've had this continued, um, you know, return to in-person events, anything from, you know, sports and music to conferences and trade shows, et cetera. The, 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 I don't see that going back. I don't see that being put back in Pandora's box. That's going to continue to to grow, provided that we don't have a, a major issue with COVID again. Um, you know, so that's an, another niche where where our industry can continue to do to do well in, even if, you know, things more broadly aren't going fantastic. Yeah, so I so one, I would say yes. Uh, two, I've got a three-part answer, which is okay. that the rest of this year, uh, we ought to do well. Uh, don't forget, we're up against comps that are much tougher the second half of last year than they were the first half of this For sure. year. Yeah. So yeah. if we're flat in the second half of this year with where we were second half of last year, it may not be so bad. Uh, and uh, we're up considerably already. So mm -hmm. flat to a, up a little bit, not really get hurt. We may have a modest setback uh, mm -hmm. early next year if we're in recession. I don't think it'll be too bad. But the third part is the 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 long term looks, I think, exceedingly good for our industry. Mm. And mm. and and the reason you might ask me, well, why do you say that? And uh, I hate to take your job from you, Chris. You know, you're no, asking the questions, but here please, I you're, am. You're, you're, you got it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and why I say that is, I'm just teasing you. Uh, why I say it is that um, the more that companies become data-driven and smarter about the data they have and they're analyzing who are their most profitable uh, customers, who are their least profitable customers, What's the nature of those customers, the demographics uh, of them? Uh, it could be based on age. It could be based on ethnic uh, background. It could be based uh, on some sort of cultural features, uh, region of the country. Who's to say? Uh, based on the number of things, based on income. Uh, but the more you know who your most likely customers are and who your best customers are, you know who you want to target market too. And uh, so you you could put a billboard up on the side of the highway, you could have a newspaper ad, you could have a radio or, or TV spot. But uh, if you really know who your customer is, you want to get to, if you could put a product in the hands of that individual that is demographically appropriate for that individual you're trying to reach, that they would feel good about, that is the right theme, the right message you're trying to get across. And is your name and your marketing message plastered all over it and they see it three times a day for a long time, uh, you're going to get your money's worth out of it. So that means you'll be willing to spend more money per item, per customer. You'll make a bigger investment in that prospective customer 
because that prospective customer is much more valuable to you than everybody driving down the highway that might see your sign. Right. Uh, and and I think that is that's going to lead to long term growth for our business. And put a put another step into it is uh, there has been tremendous growth, as we all know, in digital advertising. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has been very beneficial and it has worked great. It's leveling off. Uh, so the big push uh, is leveling off and uh, people in digital advertising have been exceedingly smart about how they're doing their messaging and who they're trying to get to and and how people bid for Google uh, ad space and so forth. And we're we're reaching a level of efficiency there that I think is wringing some of the dollars out of it. And Mm -hmm. there may be other places to put ad dollars that can put more money on the bottom line. So not only uh, can you justify more money and a better rate of return with us, but comparatively, we might be a better deal as well when you think of the level of competition that has worked its way to the digital advertising. I'm not suggesting we're going to go back to billboards. Right. But. <laughs> no, it's a it's a great point though because if 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 as you say the experts in the in the digital realm have become uh, so, so efficient at positioning the people who can pay them best where they want to 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 be in that world, well, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough nut to to crack if you're a little guy. Whereas if is if, if you have a little money to spend on 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 marketing and promotion of products. Are cost effective, even if we're talking about some of some of the higher end items. It, we we become a more attractive play, perhaps. I I think we do. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let me shift gears a little bit here. I wanted to ask you this question about technology because it's, I mean, it is it is the issue in a lot of ways. Um, you know, just it, to what degree do you see technology disrupting promo over the next, say, five to ten years, and how is Halo adapting to address and capitalize on that? Yeah, so I don't see technology anymore as a disruptor. Mm-hmm. In the you know the first ten years of the twenty first century, I think we'd all agree it was a disruptor, and it it caused a lot of changes. You know, price discovery, um, uh, the uh, disintermediation of of people in the sales forces, uh, you know, people going to those uh, online uh, sellers. And I think that that side of the industry has relatively matured and mm-hmm. and it's not a disruptor. It's just it's a fact of life and everybody has adjusted to how they're going to proceed. I see technology really as an, an enabler mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a plus. You know, it's it's a kind of thing that uh, it's it's sort of part of the, the price of admission if you want to. If you want to be servicing significant accounts, uh, you need you've got things like cybersecurity. They mm-hmm. want to know uh, how many millions of dollars of cybersecurity insurance you have, uh, and then you get rated by those cyber insurance uh, carriers on the levels of protection you have, and depending on the levels of protection you have, that's going to determine your insurance premium. So some people can't can't even be in in that market. They can't get that insurance and you have to have it 
to, to service these large companies. So that's just one piece. But uh, the ability to uh, to have it friction free service, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, to to be able to access product quickly, uh, you know, speed, quality, cost, uh, all of those are are part of the 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 the, the ticket of admission, and uh, it's an enabler. And yet, the more you're dealing with larger companies, you have to be able to address them on their own terms. You have to work with their accounts payable systems, as an example, uh, and 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 bill online. Uh, so it's all it's all part of what it takes to be in, in business. That's how I see it. Um, I'll ask you now about um, acquisitions. I, I think it's I think it's fair to say, and not hyperbole, to say that Halo has definitely had one of the most aggressive, and in a lot of ways, the mo one of the most successful acquisition strategies and promos in recent years. And um, can you tell us a little bit, behind, you know, what's kind of driven that, and then what have been the keys to kind of making those deals happen, but then ensuring that after the deal there's actually successful integration so i'm asking you a lot there but take us through what you can yeah so um we as soon after i joined we made the mission of the company in the first instance to be uh, we want to be the most efficient order management company in the industry uh, that's what distributors are doing uh, more than anything they're they're managing those orders through the process. So we wanted to be very efficient uh, and uh, we became very efficient. And that allowed us to look at other companies in the industry and say to ourselves that their revenue is more valuable to us than it is to them because putting it through our system we're going to generate more dollars on the bottom line than they can. And therefore, if if we have a value proposition to offer to those owners of those businesses and to their sales force, uh, and we could put them on our system, we'll become even more efficient uh, because the more volume we could scale up, uh, the more efficient we would be in many respects. So we were able to uh, offer a purchase price to uh, the owners of the business that was more than uh, an objective, uh, rational, economic, uh, financial person would tell them their business was, was worth. We were the epitome of a strategic buyer. And we coupled that with the fact that it, it, uh, it has always been our mantra that the account executive is really our customer. When you when you think about who who is controlling the customer relationships, who's the best person to decide what the customer needs, it's the account executive. Mm -hmm. And our mission is to service their needs. Our job is to add value to them. And we went at every department in our company to for them to justify their existence as to what they're doing to add value to the sales force. And it's not that they're not literally our customer, they're really our partner, but that has to be our mentality when we're looking at, at servicing them. So we put those together and it allowed us to really take off on acquisitions. And we, we created what really was 
somewhat of a flywheel where we would see that the the more volume we brought in, the more efficient we would get, the more profit we'd make, and the more we would then have available, some for to go out to our, our uh, financial partners, our investors, but uh, uh, a fair amount of it to be reinvested in the business to become that much better. So more efficient, yeah. Add capabilities became a big part of it. And we looked at something and said, well, if we could add this capability with the, the people we have now, they ought to be able to do more and it creates even more value. So we, we went through that process and we found ourselves working that flywheel, having it work better. And it's gotten to where we, we've evolved to where we're now looking at businesses not based on, can, is there a cost for us to take out? 10 years ago, the question was, was, is there a cost to take out? Right now, the question really is, who are their customers? What are their needs? Mm-hmm. And how confident are we that our capabilities will allow these very same account executives to sell much more, make more money themselves, bring more value to their accounts, bring more profit to Halo. And that has been what's been driving these larger acquisitions we've been doing over the past four or five years. And it it has really been working and that's been generating a fair amount of the growth you see us enjoying. Yeah. and then just on the integration on the integration question is uh, I'm sure it's not a simple answer, but is there is there certain things that you have to do when you're look you're taking say you know you you mentioned some of the big ones, right? you know you've you've acquired multiple other what are now former top forty distributors in in recent years. Those are companies with ways of doing things and 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 that had achieved considerable success in their own right. Um, how do you that how do you integrate that into into the halo way of doing things the halo culture and, and make it all work yeah so we find that there while we all espouse the same values and we wouldn't be talking to these people if we didn't feel that we shared the same values with them but we all uh, uh, have those same values uh, and then we're talking about well what are the needs of the business and uh, whose technology works better. It's it's not a love affair with the technology. It's it's, it's somewhat objective. Uh, There are a few things that we would just ordinarily do. uh, Go on our payroll system. These are simpler, easier things to do. Uh, Are there aspects of their technology that we want to incorporate into ours? and then we talk to the uh, the owners of the business about what their longer term uh, uh, objectives are. Uh, do they want to stay and be part of growing the company? Are they looking for a good home for their people? What is it besides getting paid a purchase price? What else uh, is is motivating them? And we we arrive at a, at an agreement as to what integration is going to look like. Uh, there may be some people who lose their jobs, mm-hmm. not many. And we're finding, especially in this market, mm-hmm. uh, if you have good people, we've got plenty of jobs for them. Okay. We've got <laughs> other things for them to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've, we've, we've also been able to offer a fair amount of career advancement for some of the, the more 
talented people in these organizations. And it's been adding value to all of us. And we're just thrilled to have them in those positions. And it allows them to step up and instead of running, uh, you know, the this aspect of a 30 or a 50 or a $70 million business, you could be running or playing a key role in running this aspect of a, you know, of a business 10 times as large. Mm -hmm. and, and then you've got more resources available to you and you can do more. So it works for those people. And we're not pretending we have all the answers on everything that we do. Uh, we try to be uh, somewhat uh, humble in our approach to people. And it's been important to us that the, the owner operators who sold us businesses uh, have, for the most part, have chosen to stay with us and they're still with us. And uh, so uh, if, I, if we ever are talking to a potential acquisition target, one of the things I want them to do is talk to Mitch Munger, talk to Larry Cohn. Mm -hmm. Now I say talk to Jim Childers. You know, there's a number of people to talk to to get a feel for what's it like to join Halo. What's it like to do a deal with them? Uh, how does how does it all work? What can you rely on? Uh, and how do your people feel about it once the deal is done? Are you glad you did it? Mm -hmm. And and so that's all an important part of the integration uh, effort we we put forward and. One of our one of our guys, he did such an incredible job at integrating the old Michael C. Fina into becoming Halo recognition. And this is the grandson of the founder, Michael C. Fina's grandson, Mike Fina, heads integration for us now. So That's he's wild. been with us five years and he's the head of integration. Okay. Uh, and you know, other people have key roles in the in the company. And and he gets it because He's empathetic as could be, and uh, he was the object of the integration right. once, right. and uh, and he knows how it ought to be done. So that's uh, that's my you know my answer to that on integration. All right, very good, very good. Um, no, it's fa it's fascinating just because you just seeing from the outside these mega deals, how they happen, and and just to see it come together and work is is impressive, and just to have that insight into some of the inner workings is is enjoyable um so let me ask you just i got one one more question for you uh it's, uh, it's kind of broad i'll just say um what are what are some of your biggest concerns and also some of your biggest hopes or maybe not hopes things you're excited about for promo as an industry say over the next few years yeah well so biggest concern is we import it's our source of supply it's our uh, reliance so much as an industry on China. It's all of the geopolitical events that are occurring that could impact all of that. And uh, we, you know, we're forever saying to our suppliers, please uh, find alternative uh, sources, uh, use other countries. Don't keep all your eggs in that one basket in China. Uh, so that's our biggest concern. Uh, and uh, you know, our, our suppliers are resourceful. They're, you know, accomplished, serious people. They, they've they got ch uh, challenging uh, uh, issues that they have to address. 
they'll figure it out. Uh, and you know, we're also fortunate that uh, if something is not available, there's always something else to sell that is. And if uh, if China won't export product X, whatever that is anymore, for whatever reason. So maybe we can get product X elsewhere. And if not, does our customer really, really need product X or can they go with product Y or product Z? Uh, we can always substitute. So that's my concern that I still sleep at night because I, I, I remind myself of those thoughts. Uh, uh, the upside is that uh, promotional products truly add great value. Uh, the return on the investment is is terrific. Uh, we will only be able to better and better demonstrate that return as companies become more data driven. And I see the industry continuing to expand as a result. Well, that's a fantastically positive thought to uh, to end on. So let's let's maybe end there. Continued industry growth. Uh, uh, a, a greater recognition of uh, among our clients of, of, of the value that our industry brings is a fantastic ending thought. So Mark Simon, CEO of Halo Branded Solutions, thank you so much for being with me today. It was a really fun discussion. I hope you enjoyed it too. I, I certainly did. Thank you. Not very much. Chris. All right. Have, have a good day. Yeah. Yeah.